Hello, listeners. Welcome to Parenting is a Joke. I'm a rolly bag with a missing wheel that's also come apart on the luggage carousel, so my underwear is out and just going around and around and around. Called Ophira Eisenberg. And on this show, I talk to stand-up comedians and funny people about their lives and their career and parenting. Like, how do they do this crazy career with non-traditional hours with kids in the mix. How the fuck are they doing it? Has your kid come home with pink eye yet? Oh, yeah. Nothing like spending a portion of a Zoom meeting holding a warm compress just off screen to try to ease your kid's eye. Who says we can't have it all? In this episode, I chat with the insanely talented and funny actress Laura Benante, and she talks about how even when she was a kid, she had maternal instincts. I was like an annoying mom, you know, like to my friends where I was like, too high. Those monkey bars are too high. I'm going to need you to get down. Just like not not a cool mom. Not a cool mom. Stay tuned right after these ads. Today's episode is brought to you by the American Society of Magical Negroes, a fresh satirical comedy about a secret society of magical black people starring Justice Smith, David Allen Greer, Ann Lee Bogan, and Nicole Byer. As an official selection of Sundance 2024, the American Society of Magical Negroes has been heralded by critics as an uproariously sharp-edged satire and a must-see. Now playing only in theaters. Visit the American Society of Magical Negroesfilm.com to get tickets now. The following ad is sponsored by Pets Best Insurance Services. Pets come into our lives in many ways. Shelters, breeders, or unexpected encounters. But no matter how you found your pet, they become our perfect match. Unfortunately, finding the right pet insurance plan can be hard. That's where Pets Best comes in. With a little information about you and your pet, Pets Best will recommend a plan that meets your needs and budget. Visit PetsBest.com to learn more today. Your perfect pet deserves the perfect coverage. PetsBest.com Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Do I have maternal instincts? This is my question. Mm -hmm. Now, if you've been following along with my journey, you know that I've been on the road touring throughout Canada. I'm calling it my bad mom, average dad tour. Uh, But I came home for two days and I basically ruined everything. I walked into my apartment with my energy after they've just been doing their own thing. And we were all just fighting all of a sudden and my stuff's everywhere. And I have uh, have stuff in the laundry just 24-7. And um, yeah, I'm just going to leave tomorrow. Just really, I bound in, ruin everything, cause and create chaos and leave. That is uh, a dad move, I would say, right there. Dad move. I am done with this tour. And by that, I mean, you know, the tour has two more weeks, but I'm done. So I went to read my horoscope because, you know what? I'm desperate for some good news. All right. 
that's the only time you go to astrology when you are depressed. I mean, has anyone ever gone to a fortune teller when everything's going great? I don't think so. No, you go when you're desperate for answers and guidance. And just to say it, okay, I think horoscopes are for the lost and the weak. And I know that's a very Capricorn thing to say. And this is what my horoscope said. It said, embrace the enticing blend of glamour and mystery and let it propel you towards transformation. All of those words are beautiful and none of them ring true to me. Glamour and mystery, those are two things that have been removed from my life. You know, recently I was getting ready for a show with zero time to get ready, as it always is, and I was blow drying my hair in a frenzy while I had two eye masks. I'd slap them on my face to hopefully lessen my bags, and they were slowly peeling off because I was standing up and doing my hair, and I did catch myself in the mirror and think, oh, the glamour. Oh, the glamour. Doesn't matter how much of a mess I am inside or even with what I'm wearing. My bangs always look great. That is the mystery. How do the banks have their own life? I do not know. So while I was in this world of horoscopes laughing at myself and them, I noticed they have a section for astrological compatibility, right? Usually it's romantic, but they also kind of have broad ones about how you're compatible kind of across the board. And I thought, wait a second, am I astrologically compatible with my child? Who knows? So here it is. I am a Capricorn. My son is a Scorpio. What can the stars tell me? Both Capricorn and Scorpio are ambitious and will stop at nothing to get what they want. Aha! That is true. Can you say asking for a Nintendo Switch every day? Never ends. Never stops. Never is forgotten. Capricorn's earth sign traits mean that they're more practical than the water sign Scorpio, who tends to be more emotional. Yeah, I have noticed that. I haven't had a meltdown in years. My son, however. Ruled by Saturn, planet of structure, they're also more likely to set and keep boundaries, something Scorpio can sometimes struggle with. Knew it! Boundaries. Guess what? One hour of screen time is one hour. Over. Scorpio's watery nature also means they're drawn to the mystical and taboo. Uh-oh, that doesn't sound good. Which Capricorn might be skeptical of. I cannot believe how accurate this is. This is amazing. Okay, in friendship, this is it. In friendship, Capricorn and Scorpio's energies blend together naturally. This is a BFF dynamic. What? Capricorn and Scorpio know they can count on one another. Aww. This is so nice. This is the best parenting book I've ever read. We're going to be BFFs forever, much to my son's chagrin. I found our guest on this episode and I to be very compatible. So get ready to fall in love with the wonderful Laura Benante. My guest today is a Tony Award-winning Broadway actress who began her career as Maria in Sound of Music when she was 
18, went on to star in over 10 Broadway hits. You've seen her in films like Tick, Tick, Boom and No Hard Feelings and on TV as Tyler Quinn on Younger, as Supergirl's mom and evil aunt on Supergirl. And uh, maybe if you love watching A Little Late Night, you've seen her as Melania Trump on The Late Show with Stephen Colbert. She's released albums. She's written books. She does it all. Laura Bonanti, hello. Hi, how are you? Good. Longest intro ever. Hope hope you like hearing about yourself. I mean, I'm an actress, so of course I do. (laughs) You're like, you missed a couple things. All right. (laughs) Now, just out of pure selfish reasons, I have to ask you this, because I know that you moved out of New York City and you are living the high life in Jersey which I feel like is the parents' dream. I still live in Brooklyn in a tiny space like a jerk, okay? When I hear you say that, I'm like, that's all I want is to be in Brooklyn. Like, it is such a gift to be here, but I'm also from New Jersey, so I spent most of my life being like, I will never go back to Jersey. And now I'm like, (laughs) I did. I did it. Um, and it's yeah. awesome. My my children love it. I can they play outside. Yeah. We have neighbors everywhere. But there are also times where I'm like, I want to walk out of my house and bump into people. Right. Ordering a coffee from someone who's like furious that I'm asking them to do their job instead of like <laughs> friendly and, and spelling my name right on my cup. Right. Like I crave those things. Your kids have space. That is a big thing. And I know that you come into the city all the time to work, and you go on tour, and you travel, and you're on set. So as someone who's just right now traveling for stand-up, I have people saying to me as a mom, you are so lucky that your husband Mm -hmm. lets you do this. Do you ever get anything like that? Bless, bless, bless. (laughs) My husband and I talk about this literally every single day. (laughs) The reactions from... All humans, including women. I want to say mostly women. Yeah. Yes, that's true. That's true. You're so lucky your husband lets you do this. And then people like really emasculate him and make him feel like he's got nothing going on, that he has time to do that. Or they're like, oh, yeah. Is he okay? Is his mom there? You're like, he needs his mom to watch his kids. What the fuck is wrong with you? It's what is wrong with you? Crazy to me. It is crazy to me. And, you know, and some, I literally, the other day, I was like, honey, thanks for letting me go to dinner with my friends. And he texted back, I don't let you do anything. Oh, what and a I good man. Like, I was like, I got a big old boner for you right now. Yeah. Like, but, but <laughs> isn't that sad that we're like, what a good man? That's oh, yeah. Sad. No, I mean, like and the and the phrasing is literally he let you do this. Like usually I'm like, "Oh, I hope I get permission. I hope he unlocks the cage today." Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's also double sad because there's a reason why people say that, which is that many women do not have that support. That's right. I feel a certain level of shame, I guess, that I'm always combating uh with yes. this. I get it that it's pervasive, but I'm also just looking for more people who want to switch the conversation. Yes. There are a lot of guys that are, if we're talking about a heterosexual relationship, that are pulling more than 50%. Yes. It's so interesting what we have decided equitable is. As a society, we're like, equitable is 70% the woman and 30% the man. (laughs) 
Again, this is all assuming heterosexual relationships. And it's just, that's crazy. And in the beginning, when my daughter was a baby and I was like starring on Broadway and doing a TV show and movies, this is not a humble brag. This was, this was like me yeah. working myself to the bone when she's two years old. And at that point, we did not have an equitable relationship. And he will not be mad at me for saying this because we talk about it all the time. I finally one day was like, I cannot be the breadwinner and the cleaning person and the chef and the nanny and your wife and look like I've showered and actually shower. I cannot do all of those things. It is not possible. We need to make this more equitable. And to his credit, he was like, bing, you are correct. And then immediately changed, which was unbelievable. Yeah, I totally agree with that. Different but similar. I had the same thing where my kid was very young. There was a lot expected of me very early on in his life, and I decided to do it. And I did say all meals to my husband. All meals are now yours. He knew how to cook, but not great. I was like, you can learn. Figure it out, figure it out. And I put a lot on him because I also was paying for everything. And he still makes all the meals, everybody. I never went back. never went back. (laughs) Bless you. But do you ever feel, here's my question to you. I sometimes feel bad saying that out loud because I'm like, I don't want to emasculate my husband. But if it were the other way around, I don't think anybody would think ill of me. Oh, God. In fact, most people assume that he is the breadwinner, like that my career is like a hobby. Oh, 100%. One of the first questions I get from people I don't know when they find out what I do is, what does your husband do, you know, Mm -hmm. to allow me to traipse around Mm -hmm. just trying Mm -hmm. out my little jokey jokes for fun? I know. (laughs) Yeah. So you you have two children. I do. Are you comfortable with sharing their ages? Yeah, Ella is six. My older daughter is six, and my baby is going to be 15 months on the 9th. Oh my God. She's real squishy. She's like, Ah. yeah. (laughs) Amazing. Did you always want children? I was told by society that I always wanted children. Mm -hmm. And so I don't know if, um, I don't know if I know the difference. So (laughs) that is very honest. So I think so, because that was what was always in my brain. But sometimes now, I'm like, maybe I didn't. Maybe I didn't. <laughs> right now, with a with a 15 month old and a six year old, you're maybe, like, wait a second. Maybe I didn't actually want this. <laughs> I mean, I had really, really bad postpartum depression with my first daughter. Like, my therapist said to me, "This might be the worst case of postpartum depression I've ever seen." And I was like, I don't think you should say that to me. <laughs> yeah, I think you're bad at your job. <laughs> Do you want to wait till I'm a little more healed to throw that out? <laughs> Yeah, maybe not as my initial diagnosis where she's she's like, I don't feel comfortable letting you walk out of this room. Um, In those moments, I was like, what have I done? I'm not meant to do this. I'm terrible at this. I have always been like a maternal person. So I've always taken care of everybody. So yes, I do think ingrained in me is the notion of I want to guide small people through the world. But it's terrifying. It's terrifying. Right? It is terrifying. When you say that you uh, always, you know, were taking care of people, did you take care of people as a kid? Were you like that kid? Yeah. 
like for better or for worse, I was also like an annoying mom, you know, like to my friends where I was like too high. Those monkey bars are too high. I'm going to need you to get down. <laughs> Just like not, not a cool mom. Not a cool mom. I was strict. Where did you learn? Where do you think you learned that? Where do you think you picked that up? My parents, my dad was a, a psychotherapist and a holistic health counselor. So we were like eating brown rice and tofu, like before it was cool, before Whole mm-hmm. Foods was like, give us all your money. Right. Um, we had to like seek out like a tiny health food store that smelled like a pet store, you know, and I would like go to school with like carob coated rice cakes. Oh, no. Oh, no. I had sprouts in my lunchbox. <laughs> sprouts. It's interesting that you internalized it rather than rebelled against it. I think I did both. I think as a young person, I was like, you will follow my family rules. And then as I got older, I was like, oh, I can eat an entire box of Lucky Charms and no one's going to stop me. My body was in full shock. It was like marshmallows (laughs) for breakfast. What is wrong with you? My parents were right. Now, also, you had an early life an early start in theater and on stage, playing Maria in The Sound of Music was a dream come true at that yeah. time? I mean, yeah. I, I was a full nerd. Like, I was obsessed with musical theater. That is all I wanted to do. All I watched was movie musicals. I listened to cast recordings. I would, like, pretend to like Dave Matthews Band, but... <laughs> but not really. I didn't. I think because I had watched so many movie musicals, I thought that the world cared about musicals in the way that I did, um, which they don't. Right. Um, just FYI, as a disclaimer. <laughs> um, so I went from high school and living with my parents to starring on Broadway and living in a studio apartment by myself in the span of a year. Wow. It was really crazy. And it's like, you know, it's, it's a long story how it happened and it's really cool and so unusual. And I don't understand why on earth they would entrust a 18 year old child who had not been an actor with a $10 million musical, but they did. And then, you know, I got to do like all of these dream roles and it was unbelievable. And also I was like a kid thrust into a world of grownups. I was closer in age to the children in Sound of Music than I was to the adults. The girl who played Lisa was 17 and I was 18. Oh my goodness. Every night when, when I was on stage, it was the most magical experience, my dream come true. And then all of the other hours were me just being like, what do I do? I don't have peers. And then I was just like, I guess men like me, you know? So then it was just a series of like, well, I guess I'm not lonely then. The loneliest right. lonely. Oh, yeah. You know, it's hard to, I'm sure you have some hindsight on it. It's hard to go back to that time maybe and get in your brain frame. But did it just fuel your ambition? Or were you like, how do I get out of this? I thought it was going to be like the world was going to roll out the red carpet. Like, here comes the new Julie Andrews. <laughs> and... <laughs> of America was like, nobody cares. (laughs) You know, because your mother was a Broadway actress and voice teacher, uh, was that helpful for you in terms of like having a very close ear that understood a lot of what you might be feeling? Totally. Yeah. I, I am really lucky that I have the mother that I have. 
She's always just been a soft place to land. Amazing. I've done some stupid shit in my life. Oh, my God. I've been married three times. My poor mom. Well, you know. 23, 27, and now my third and final husband. Oh, the final chapter. I love that. Yeah. Even if he turns out to be a murderer. Yeah. I'm staying. Good. Yeah. It's a lot. He's incredible. And I love him. But my, my poor mother, she's watched me do so many stupid things, but she has always supported me in my career and in life. And she really showed me what kind of mother I want to be. The one thing that was hard is she gave up her career. She stopped acting in order to raise myself and my sister, which is like, I feel so much pain for her about that. Mm-hmm. She's probably the most talented person I know. Um, And now she and I actually do an act together all over the country, which is amazing and so fun. And watching her step into her power and into her light in that way has been like mind blowing, but also sad because I'm like, you didn't do this for 37 years. You taught voice and you cooked chicken and you made sprouts. (laughs) And for me and my sister. So I didn't have an example of you can do it. You can go out. You can leave them for a little while. They won't die. You'll be okay. They'll be all right. You'll still be bonded. And it's not because she was afraid. The support system didn't really exist for her. I know. It was just, it was also just the way the world was set up. Yeah. It's a different time. My mother always was like, please have a career. Please have a career. She got married very young, had kids very young. I mean, the woman could do anything. She sewed all her clothes. She was an insane gardener, could cook anything. I mean, so she was unbelievably skilled. These were the things that she learned how to do because, you know, when she went to school, they taught girls how to organize a linen closet. Fuck me. But also, I wish someone had taught me how to organize <laughs> You should closet. see my linen closet. It is mm, Is it incredible? Yes. Ooh, that makes me horny. <laughs> um, I want nothing more than, a, than an organized anything. My house, if you open a closet door, you're just, you've taken your life into your own hands. Scissors, just scissors coming at you. <laughs> just a full, just blades, just a shower oh, of blades. Just, just a, blades. <laughs> a leaf blower. What? But you know what's interesting? When you tell me about your mom, if she had been paid for those things, she would have been rich. I will say, I do think, interestingly now, there is a stigma around you know, people who choose to raise their children. Yes. And that's some bullshit. Cause they're like, I have people in my life who are like my sister, who's like, this is my passion. Yep. I pushed my passion out of my vagina. Yeah. And now I'm going to see it through. And that is what she loves doing that all day long is what she loves. And that is not for me. No, that's it's not for me. If you struggle to get in shape and lose weight, I'm about to change your life. I'm Carl, the CEO of Body, and I don't like working out and eating healthy either. So here's how I get myself to do it. I make myself own the morning. And by the morning, I mean the first hour or so every day. It's not family time. It's not for scrolling social media. It's for my results and my health. And man, does it work. Every day, I get out of bed, drink a health shake I made the night before, and then I go crush a workout in the Body app and just follow along day by day. Before most people are even out of bed, I'm done for the day. So here's my offer to you. The next 500 people who go to body.com will get 65% off a full year of access to over 120 programs. 65% because I want you to start now and see how fast the pounds come off and the muscles start popping. And if they don't, 
Hey, you get your money back. Just go to body.com. That's B-O-D-I dot com. And let's own the morning together and get healthy and fit. Hey, Doug Gottlieb here to tell you the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making the now perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new Toyota truck, like a rugged half-ton Tundra. Workhorse by nature, powerhouse by design, the Tundra combines the raw capability with premium comfort and advanced tech to fuel your wildest adventures. With the available iForce Max Hybrid powertrain, you can take electrifying horsepower further than ever before. Or check out the fully redesigned Tacoma. Delivering trail-dominating power and captivating style, the new Tacoma was born to make your off-roading dreams come true. With new available tech, this legendary truck is getting even better. When you buy a Toyota truck, you buy Toyota dependability, meaning your truck will hold its value long into the future. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out the amazing national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Are you ready to share some joy and celebrate International Women's Day? M&M's has partnered with iHeart for Women Take the Mic, treating you to the most uplifting and empowering stories of women supporting and celebrating each other. And of course, there is a smooth and creamy companion for your listening pleasure, peanut butter M&M's, because they're just another way to help treat yourself in situations where you deserve a little added delight, like listening to your favorite podcast. So grab a handful of that creamy deliciousness, kick back and spread some positivity into the world from smashing glass ceilings to breaking records in sports on stages and at the box office. Women are crushing it in every way imaginable. And with peanut butter M&Ms by your side, relax and keep listening to women take the mic podcasts as you dance your way through inspiring stories, share laughs and savor the deliciousness of peanut butter M&Ms and the unstoppable force of women. Happy International Women's Day. You wrote a book. You co-wrote a comedic board book for moms. It's called, by the way, M is for Mama and also Merlot, uh, a modern mom's ABC. And it is just funny. It's all based on, like, do not feel shame or judgment. Yeah. Own it. Yeah. Yep. And I was just wondering, as part of the reason why you were into creating that is because you needed that and it wasn't there? Yeah. One of my dearest friends, her name is Kate Mangiamelli. She's a soprano at the Metropolitan Opera. She and I met in a Starbucks super early in the morning with our babies strapped to us, just like (laughs) clearly had been just sobbing. And we were like, hello, and started talking. We did not know what either one of us did for a living. We immediately were like, do you have postpartum depression? I can tell you do as well. Like it was fascinating. Like by the time I left, I knew we both had PPD and couldn't breastfeed our children. We talked for 15 minutes. So Kate and I both talked about that all the time and the shame and, and Instagram, you know, like all of the mommy Instagrammers Mom who are influencers, like, my goodness, oh, I know always with their prairie dresses and their long flowing hair and they're breastfeeding in a field while like petting a, a small deer, you know? <laughs> yeah. It's just like, that was hard because every word of every post is how much they love what they are doing, how Mm -hmm. they are meant to be doing it, how that's what they were put on the earth to do, how happy their children are. It took me to a dark place. Yeah. And I think it is irresponsible because nobody feels that way all of the time. You're still wearing a diaper. (laughs) You, not just the baby. 
you're in a flowing white dress, you're bleeding. You're All bleeding. All through that. And then the other stuff is like, you know, I'm going to drink a bottle of wine because yes. I hate my kids. Yes. There's nothing in between. Agreed. It's breastfeeding in a field or I'm going to drive my car into a lake. <laughs> And like, there's exactly no, I felt exactly the same way. I was like, where's the smart conversation that's real and funny still? So Kate and I were like, we were texting each other all the time. Like, A is for asshole. Please sleep for more than 20 minutes during your nap. B is for boobies. Mine are raw. C is for, you know, whatever. And we were like, we should, this is bringing me joy. Wouldn't it be fun if we could create a book that you can keep on the toilet, the only time you get when you're trying to pee and you probably still have a child on your lap, probably make yourself laugh. It's not only like, oh, this is so hard, but like you did it. Yeah. Like C is for C-section and your warrior mama scar. Like, look at you. Look what you did. You know, E is for everyone and all of their advice. F is for F them. Even better. <laughs> yes, exactly. You know, like that is that is what I wanted to hear. Yeah. And so then that's what Kate and I wrote. That's awesome. But, you know, just when we're talking about social media, I want to talk about the fact that you on social media shared something very vulnerable, uh, which was publicly that you suffered a miscarriage. But not only dealing with that, you were on stage. This was a cruise in Bermuda while on stage, while singing. The most insane place imaginable like there is no less dignified place than a cruise to have a missile <laughs> <laughs> let's be real oh my God. i mean yes. i you know i've had four the first one really came as a shock to me yeah because we do not talk about it as it was happening to me i frantically googled to see if there were was anything i could read that would make me feel less alone and the only thing I found was a song that Beyonce wrote. Everything else was like medical journal statistics. The only thing I can think of to do in moments of hardship, honestly, is create. In an effort to free myself, but also to be of service. That is the maternal part of me that was told my friends to stay off the monkey bars. The part of me that wants to say, you're not alone. I see you. I've got you. You know, because that's what I want somebody to say to me. Yes, my first miscarriage, we lived in the city and I had a neighbor, a lovely neighbor who I loved so much. And two weeks before her dog had died and she was in the hallway crying. And I was like, what happened? My dog died. I held her. We cried, blah, blah, blah. Two weeks later, I'm in the hallway and she was like, what happened? And I was like, I had a miscarriage. And she was like, bye. Like <laughs> shut the door. Bye. People don't know how to talk about it. They cannot. No, it is too much. So I wrote about it. And then, then it happened two other times. And I didn't even really talk to my family about it because I was like, what did that gain me? Nothing. I know. And then the last time I was on stage singing with my six-year-old. and Oh, oh I didn't know that yeah. from what I read. Well, wow. Here's what's crazy. I knew what was happening. It was looking really good, honestly. I was like, holy shit. This is what everybody talked about when I wanted to punch them in the face when they said, the minute you stop trying is when it's mm-hmm. going to happen. Right. And I was like, fuck you. And then I was like, holy shit, they're right. Everything looked great. I was like, should I not go on this cruise? My doctor was like, I'm not worried. I am on this cruise (laughs) and my back starts to hurt. And I'm like, oh, this is weird. I wonder what I did. And then I was getting ready to go see Kristen Chenoweth perform. And I went to the bathroom and I was like, huh, this is weird. I called my doctor. I told her I was spotting. 
She was like, send me a picture, which is hilarious. I did. I'm not worried. I'm not worried. Just lay down. And I laid down. I didn't go. And I opened the door of my cabin and I just sort of listened to the ocean. And I said to the universe, (laughs) please allow whatever is meant to be, to be, and please let me accept it. And, and then within about an hour, I knew what it was. And I called the producers of the cruise and told them what was happening. And they were so generous in a way that I have never experienced in my lifetime, in, in the decades that I have spent as a working performer. Yeah. And I was like, I'm going to do this show. I'm going to fucking do it. Cause I don't want anybody to ask them for their money back. I don't want to hurt these people, which in retrospect, I'm like, well, that was psychotic, but <laughs> well, it's a bold choice, but I, I, I am with you. I am totally with your head frame here. I was like, I'm going to, and I can't, I'm strong. I have done this three other times and I did it alone in a room. And so there was something really healing about being on stage for 2000 people doing something that I love with my child. Oh my God. And sort of singing this little soul back to wherever it came from. And I just kept imagining sort of the mama whales and their song and being in the middle of the ocean. And I finished and then they had to get me off the boat right away because I had to go to the hospital. Right. And the only bathroom they had was in like the kids zone. So it was a child's bathroom. So it was just the tiniest, lowest to the ground toilet imaginable. And I just started laughing. (laughs) I was just like squatting on a tiny toilet being like, "Mm -hmm, okay. My husband, my husband was like, Oh my God, what do we do? I mean, it was just insane. And then we told my daughter that I threw my back out. She stayed with my my incredible in-laws. I went to the hospital where they said to me that my husband could not stay with me. Why? Exactly. And then I caused such a scene that they allowed him to come in. Good for you. Seriously. Yeah, fuck That's enough. And then two days later, my or a day later, my daughter came home and I pretended like everything was fine. And it wasn't uh, until a couple of weeks later when I was like, what's wrong with me? That I was like, nothing, nothing is wrong with me. Right. Obviously, no one other than the cruise people that you spoke to, like no one in the audience knew. Well, I actually said as I was leaving, because I was supposed to do a second show the next day. And I said, "Um, I'm having a medical disappointment because I didn't want my daughter to know. I said, I'm having a medical disappointment, and I'm so sorry that I can't be with you all tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And I think many people knew what I was talking about, and others did not. Not for nothing, but very good phrasing. I would have never thought to just say those words together. I am brilliant. <laughs> you are brilliant. You are brilliant. When were you, um, was there anything in the feedback just from throwing it out there in the world on social media that specifically stood out? There was two polarizing responses. One was thousands of people, thousands. 
saying, I'm a CEO of a company and I was giving a presentation to my (gasps) all male board and I kept going. I am a doctor. I was in the middle of doing a surgery and it happened and I kept going. Partners saying, thank you for talking about this. My wife feels so alone. And then I had, why were you trying to have a baby? You're too old. Sure. This is just you trying to be political. I I had to stop reading them for a while. I was like, I'm going to respond to everyone. I want everybody to know that I see them and they are not alone. And this is why I did it. And then I was like, I got to stop reading this because I'm a douchebag 69 who lives in his mom's basement. (laughs) He's actually starting to make me feel bad. (laughs) No, I mean, right, exactly. Uh, Okay, well, you don't need to hear it from me, but I needed to read it. I needed to read it. I'm sorry that you needed to read it. Listen, I've been talking to a lot of women who are performers and stand-ups on this podcast, and there is not one person, there's not one woman that comes on here and goes like, yeah, first time, no complicated. Like, it doesn't matter what their age is. Zero. Yeah. Zero. So um, before we wrap up, I just want to ask you a few rapid fire questions. I listened to a podcast where you talked about experiencing some paranormal activity. Obviously, you work in theaters. You've experienced it on set. I don't know if there's any current activity, but Halloween's around the corner. Do you take it seriously? Halloween? No. Okay. I do not. (laughs) But ghosts. I I take ghosts very seriously. Pat, my husband is like, do you think we need more crystals? Because I don't think we do. (laughs) You know, I have a fucking crystal wand. I have a wand. That's where I'm at. I love you. (laughs) I believe it so much. My daughter, who is six years old. Oh, God, this was amazing. She went outside. I had said to her earlier, I was like, ooh, Ella, it's 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 a full moon. I walk outside. It's during the day. She's placing her crystals, which, yes, she has her crystals outside. And I said, what are you going to do? And she goes, it's a full moon. I'm charging them. Oh, and I was like, I've done it. I've done the good work. <laughs> Is there anything that Ella do- does not like that you were like, I wish you liked this. I wish you liked this. Me. <laughs> <laughs> but actually my singing voice, she hates when really? I sing. She's like, she says, it sounds like I'm crying. Perfect. What does she want to be for Halloween? So here's what's funny. She's very scared of things. She does not, she will not sleep alone. She is scared of the dark. She doesn't even want to go into her room by herself. She's terrified of witches. And she told me that she wants to be a witch. Wow. Which I think is her way of like giving herself like exposure therapy. There was Halloween, really scary Halloween decorations down the street from us that she, we would pass when they, we were walking the dogs and she would genuinely be so scared, just sobbing, like so afraid. And we did it every single day as like exposure therapy for her. And then I was actually out on the road for a couple of days. And my husband sends me a picture of my daughter with her hand on the giant skeleton with her leg up in the air. <laughs> I was oh like, goodness. this is incredible. It was awesome. And that's what we, this is how we want her to move in the Amazing. world. What happened? Laura, you just went away for a second. So I'm just seeing if Am you I come there? back. Am I there? Oh, holy shit. It's because we're talking about ghosts. Can you hear me? Can you There's see me? There's a disturbance in our force. Can you, can you hear me? I can. Yeah. I do not think that's a coincidence. Well, there you go. The ghost says, wrap it up, Ophira. Uh, thank you 
so much. <laughs> Thank you so Thank much, you. Laura. And uh, everybody, obviously, you can consume so much of Laura's work by watching television and films, but also live in New York. She is going to be February 2nd, 3rd, and 4th debuting a new show called Laura Benanti. Nobody cares. It's going to be at the Mineta Lane Theater, which is for Audible. And so I guess after that, it will be an Audible product that will be for everyone in the entire world. Yes, it will be. And I'm very excited. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks so much for listening, everybody. Make sure you subscribe to this podcast. Give it a review if you have a chance. Really appreciate that. Pass it along to a friend. If you want updates, more content, follow us. We're on Instagram, TikTok, and Facebook at Parenting is a Joke. We're on Twitter or X or whatever. I will not stop calling it Twitter. Sorry. I don't Who am I saying sorry to? At Parenting Joke. And subscribe to our Substack. We have new content every single week. Just go to Substack and search for Parenting is a Joke. We also have merchandise. We have water bottles that read future lost and found on them. We know. We have reusable sandwich bags that read I'm a great parent because you are. And we have t-shirts that are very soft and luxurious that read low supply (laughs) because that is my band's name based on my breastfeeding failures. We all laugh now, don't we? <laughs> that and more can be found at prettygoodfriends.com slash merch. For live shows that I'm doing, go to ophiraiceberg.com or you can follow me everywhere at Ophira E. Our episode is produced by me and Julie Smith-Clem. Our editor is Nina Porzuki. Our sound designer is Tina Toby Mack. Our digital marketing is done by Laura Vogel. Our theme song and music is by Adira Amram and The Experience. Special thanks to all of the engineers at CityVox. And I'll leave you with a short conversation about Halloween. Do you like Halloween? I'm going to do it for my fourth time because I live for four years. Oh, so this is your fourth Halloween then? It is my fourth Halloween. Okay, well, what are you going to be this Halloween? Babe Ruth. Are you going to be Babe Ruth on the Yankees? No, on the Red Sox. Babe Ruth on the Red Sox? Yeah. What's the story of Babe Ruth on the Red Sox? Babe Ruth on the Red Sox, he got traded to the Yankees. He got traded to the Yankees. And then what happened? What did he got called then? The Big Bambi. No. Infinity Presents, a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from The Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. With every CBD product claiming to do something different, it's nearly impossible to decide what's best for you. Lazarus Naturals pioneered the farm-to-front-door model of transparency where they handle each step of the production process to ensure quality, potency, and consistency. Scannable labels allow you to see the test results of your hemp batch so you can be confident in the safety and quality. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today. Lazarus Naturals. It's not about being the best in the world. It's about doing what's best for the world. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota. Did you know that most salads travel over 2,000 miles to reach your plate, but not with 80 Acres Farms? 
Their crisp salad greens and herbs are food less traveled, going from farm to store in days, not weeks. They stay fresher for longer in your fridge. My salad lasts all week long, which means less food waste and easy meal planning. Oh, and did I mention there's no need to wash these greens? Because 80 Acres Farms uses zero pesticides. Visit 80acresfarms.com to learn more and find their salads and salad kits at your local Harris Teeter.